This is the Girl Behind the Hustle podcast, and I'm your host, Lucretia Thomas. On this podcast, we encourage, celebrate, and share stories from female founders that push you to stop playing it safe, build that business, and keep going. So if you're ready, let's hear the truth from the women behind the hustle. Hello, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today. Today, I am chatting with Eva Racinos, an amazing LA-based art and cultural journalist and creative nonfiction writer who focuses on telling the stories that are often left out of mainstream media. You've likely seen her work in the LA Times, The Guardian, Refinery29, Marie Claire, and just a host of other amazing platforms and publications. Listen to this episode as we chat about the importance of telling your own story, what goes into writing a good pitch, and how consistently showing up and doing the work gets you on the radar for other opportunities. I am a writer and an editor based in Los Angeles, so I focus on arts and culture journalism. That can be anything from visual art, which is my main love, to design, books, you have it. I focus specifically on people of color because I feel like their contributions are often overlooked by mainstream media. And in thinking about the stories of creatives, I've also been working on some essays about my own life and about my own journey to becoming a writer. So that's most of my focus nowadays. And when I'm not doing that, I'm basically reading a ton of books and trying to convince my cat to love me a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) And your writing has just been featured in some pretty amazing publications. Um, How did you get started? I know you've been listed in like The Guardian, Refinery29, Cosmopolitan, Vice, Complex, like the list goes on and on and on. How did you get started with writing? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I loved words since I was a kid. I would get in trouble for reading at the dinner table because I just, I loved books and I, and I loved words. I used to do poetry recitals when I was younger and then I was on my speech team. So I was really interested in how do we tell stories? And when I went to college, it's so funny because I thought I wanted to be a fiction writer. And then I got rejected from the advanced fiction workshop that I really wanted to get into. And so I thought, okay, fine, I'll never do fiction again, you know, really dramatically. <laughs> And then I joined the student paper, which was a daily paper. I went to USC, so it was the Daily Trojan. And it was a lot of work on top of my usual class load. But that's when I really started thinking, okay, this is an avenue I hadn't considered for writing. I was majoring in English, not even in journalism. And it gave me a lot of real world experience. So from there, I just started trying to land an internship. And I was able to intern for LA Weekly, I believe my senior year of college. And again, it was a lot of work on top of the college load, but it gave me the experience that I needed to know, okay, this is a career path that I really love, but it's definitely going to take a lot of hard work. So from there, I started really trying to figure out more about freelancing. I wasn't really familiar with that whole world. And I decided to go to grad school right after undergrad because I thought I want to get my master's. I wanted to study art history. And I thought if I take a break, maybe I'll never go back. So I went and I moved to San Francisco. And in San Francisco, I kept doing internships, kept freelancing. 
and then decided that I really wanted to come back home. And so I did and honestly just kept going at it. A lot of writing is rejection. A lot of it is learning how to sit with that and thinking, okay, well, where am I going to go next? Where am I going to pivot? You know, how do I still keep going and not internalize that rejection? Just know that it's part of the process, really. And so it's great that you're able to see that now. But when you're dealing with the rejection at that time, and especially when you're first starting out, and even maybe even now, when you write a piece and, you know, it's really close and dear to you and it maybe it gets rejected, like, how do you deal with that in that moment? How do you move forward? It's so hard, but I think my biggest lesson, which I know a lot of people say for any discipline, right? It's important to have consistency. Mm -hmm. And I think going back to why you love what you do, of course, you're allowed to take breaks, especially now. It's really strange time. So I'm not trying to say, you know, always be working, but just always be doing what you love to do. So for example, the LA Weekly internship, I actually, I think ended up either being not hearing back right away or being rejected. And then a calendar year, one calendar year later, the editor said, oh, actually, would you still be interested? And he said it was because he kept seeing me writing. He kept seeing Mm. some pieces. And I found that to be pretty true even now. If you just keep putting yourself out there, you'll get other opportunities that you didn't necessarily think about or that you thought, oh, I lost my shot with that thing. But you're right that even now I still have to deal with rejection. It still sucks. (laughs) I'm not going to lie and say that it doesn't sting. But I ask people about it. I ask authors who have multiple books, how do you deal with rejection? And they tell me, oh, I still get rejected. That fancy fellowship I got, I had to apply three times to get it. But if I hadn't applied the other two times, I wouldn't have gotten it. And I feel like we don't see that. We don't talk about that, right? On social, Mm -hmm. you just see oh, I got this shiny new thing. And then you might do the, what I like to call compare and despair. I don't know who came up with that term, but it's very accurate. We do the whole compare and despair. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh, I'll never get that, et cetera. And just thinking, you don't know how many times that person applied. You don't know whether they knew that they were going to get it, whether they were totally confident. There's a lot of factors that go into it. So just knowing consistency, I think, is a key part of it. I love that. Like, keep doing the work even when people aren't looking, even when it feels like no one's seeing your writing or seeing the work that you're putting in. It's just keep doing the work and remembering why it's important to you. Yeah. And you never know who is looking, right? Not everyone always shares, oh, I just read this essay and it's really cool, or I love this book, et cetera. Sometimes people have very personal reactions to things. And and also thinking about what's important to you. To me, Of course, I want people to share my work and I want as many people to read it. But over the years, what's been most important is someone saying, I genuinely connected with this piece. You put into words something that I was trying to figure out or you let me know about my new favorite artist. That to me has been more important. So I try to hold on to that whenever things are getting tough. And I know a lot of people on the podcast that I've interviewed are doing like multiple things and a multiple entrepreneur. Is writing your solo hustle? Is there other things that you're doing as well? Yeah, so I am an editor and a writer. I have a nine to five and then I freelance write. And then I work on my monthly newsletter. It's called Notes from Eva that I put together 
just to keep the conversation going, I interview creatives and then I also curate opportunities. So talking about applying for things, you know, there's that saying of the worst they can say is no. So okay. I always try to encourage people to apply for whatever they can. So every month I grab some of those opportunities, put them in the email and then have them go out to whoever wants to subscribe. So I would say those are kind of the main pillars of what I do. But mm -hmm. I agree with you that I do feel like a lot of creatives nowadays, we are always doing a lot of different things just because for me, I wanted to make sure that what I was doing was also helpful to other people and that I could keep building a community and I could keep encouraging other people as well to do what they love. Do you have any favorite pieces that you've written? That's a great question. I definitely have been focusing a little bit more on memoir writing. I'm working on a memoir on essays right now. And I recently did a couple of essays about growing up in South Central Los Angeles and how that really shaped my journey as a first generation college student and just thinking about the area because it's so stereotyped. And a lot of the times people in LA will say like, oh, you don't wanna go there. Or like, why are you going there? And that was my home, that's where I grew up and it's a lot of people's home and it has a very rich history. So I think lately learning to write about my own story has been really interesting. I find it harder than writing about someone else. <laughs> it's much easier to write about someone else. Uh, I think you open yourself up a lot in memoir writing to vulnerability. But for me, hopefully the payoff is someone saying, I saw myself in this story. How do you open yourself up to tell your story? And, and especially when you do encounter those moments of people saying like, oh, South Central or oh, really? You know, like that reaction. How do you deal with that? I mean, I think at the end of the day with any art form, you really can't control other people's reactions. If you feel like you have spoken your truth to the best of your ability, I feel like that's all you can ask for, right? Because a lot of us can probably name our favorite singer, our favorite movie, our favorite book, what have you, and someone else will be like, I really don't like that. Or I think that sucks. You know, there's always a difference of opinion. There's always different backgrounds that are coming in. So I think it's impossible to try to control that. But in a way, I think finding a community really helps. So I've started to do more workshops. I'm currently in a year long writing class right now through Catapult and having people who are reading your work and giving you honest critique, but also cheering you on, I think is is really important. And friends too, friends who are saying, I had a friend, one of my best friends yesterday just say, you know, I read your essay and I really teared up because I related. And I knew she was one of those friends who wouldn't be BSing me, right? She wouldn't tell me it was interesting if she didn't think that it was good. So I think that's important. I think the, the more we can cheer each other on, the better. And I've read some of your pieces where you've written about anxiety and depression and just how I know mainly you wrote about how that kind of affected like your relationships and friendship and sort of daily life. How do those things factor into your working, maybe with like fear and doubt and things like that? And how do you manage through those thoughts? That is a great question. It's hard. I'm not going to lie. It's really hard because anxiety feeds off of self-doubt and feeds off of fears. Even something that can feel really small becomes really big, at least in my experience of it. 
And so I, I do have to be really careful. I do have to practice self-care. I do therapy regularly. Obviously, we can't go in now, but I've been doing it just through virtual means, which has been great. I make sure that I go on walks safely as much as I can. And just to really ground myself, I think specifically with social media and the internet, you know, you can feel like everyone's going to hate it or, you know, what if people really like it and then I can't produce the same thing the next time you get in your head. And so grounding yourself and saying, where am I in this moment? What is actually within my control? And also thinking about the times that your pieces have resonated with other people. And again, across disciplines, no matter what you work on, hold on to those times that people have said, this piece was really important to me. I think that definitely helps a lot. And so when you're experiencing like different wins in your life and those pieces where, you know, you feel good afterwards and they resonate with people, how do you celebrate those sorts of wins? I think that it's easy, honestly, to, for me at least, to move on really quickly. I think, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. Or I want to do this again. And I'm trying to teach myself not to do that as much. I think one thing that's important is, you know, asking for feedback. Even if someone says they really love a piece, to say, okay, well, what did you like about it? What resonated with you? And taking that in and then thinking, again, this is really important. It is really important that someone is telling you that they love your work. And I think just taking the time to sit with that and then for me to go to pieces that I love too. Is there a book that I'm reading? Is there a movie that I'm watching that can maybe inspire the next piece? But let me take some time to really sit with that and let me take some time to draw from other places and just consider my next idea, but not necessarily have to launch into it right away. And honestly, I think now we're in such a weird time. And there were a couple instances when I was talking to friends and I was like, oh, I know this is really weird, but I'm excited about this thing. But I know it's like strange to talk about it. And they told me, no, I want to hear your good news because everything's so dark right now, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes you sharing that is really going to help someone in their day because the people who care about you are the people who are fans of your work, even if you don't know them, they're going to be excited. You're excited too when your artists put out new things. So I think that's definitely really important is sharing our good news is just going to give positive vibes to another person too. I love that, especially right now. I think sometimes people are hesitant to kind of share the good. And it's like, I don't want to share when people are going through this. But just the importance of sharing the good news so that, you know, it kind of motivates the next person or just makes them smile for that moment, you know? Definitely. And I think you can do both. You can acknowledge that it's a hard time and also say, I want to celebrate this thing. And, you know, be ready to celebrate someone else when they're also having their own successes. I think that's really important. What's the top question you receive, maybe by emails or DMs of people wanting to pick your brain? Usually it comes back to freelancing. So questions about how do I get this byline? How do I pitch this story, etc. So Earlier this year, which I had to think about for a second, earlier this year feels like last year or 10 Doesn't years ago. It? <laughs> I was like, like when did that happen? Ago. And then I remind Very myself confusing. like, girl, we are still in 2020. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh I was like, when, <laughs> when was that again? <laughs> Insane. So yes, earlier this year, in our year 2020, 
which is a very strange year. <laughs> I did a couple of workshops about pitching arts and culture journalism stories. And that was great because I got to hear what questions people specifically had. So you just tuned in, I went through a, a deck talking about here are my actual pitches. And that's another thing I think is important. It's kind of, you know, just getting rid of that layer of mystery, I guess. So mm -hmm. I said, here are emails I actually sent editors and I'm gonna tell you why they worked and I'm gonna tell you why they didn't work. And just trying to share some of that knowledge I think is is definitely really important. So I would say that, and also just how do you start to connect with editors? And again, it's it's a lot of work. You find them on social media, you find them through the masthead, you really start to learn who they are as people and who they are as editors and what they're looking for. And that's a whole other part of the job with the journalism side of it that I think is really important to keep in mind. Let's talk a little bit about pitching. Um, do most of the things that you write are people reaching out to you to write or most of them you've had to pitch yourself? It's a mix of the two, but I do have to say that in my experience for an editor to commission something from me, we probably have been working together for a significant amount of time, a few months at least. It's usually rare for me to do one piece for them and they say, okay, can you do this one or do you need this? So I would say I just got asked to do a piece last week, but I think I've been working with that editor for a year, maybe a little more. So a lot of it really is building up trust. I would say I still send a lot of pitches out, what they call cold emails to editors that I don't know. And I just have to know that they may never get back to me or they might get back to me much later than I was anticipating. It's all really just a waiting game. But once you have that assignment, you have to just knock it out of the park and hope that the editor will think of you for a future assignment or let them know that you know, you're open to it and you're available to write some stories in the future. So I would say it's a mix, but I have a spreadsheet that I organize into quarters. And so I do kind of a quarterly review of how many pitches that I send out and that also, by the way, includes sending submissions to literary magazines, which let me tell you, is a whole different ballpark. You send them something and they say, okay, we'll get back to you in three to six months. Oh, wow. Absolutely different from what I was used to. So keeping track of all of that and saying, okay, well, maybe I can send this idea to another publication since they already said no. Or maybe I know this editor doesn't take cold emails that well or won't be likely to respond because they've never responded to me. So just really staying organized and on top of that, I think is really helpful. And what goes into like a good pitch? A good pitch to me is mainly what is your story idea or angle, right? Obviously the most important thing, but also why are you the one to write it? So you're telling this editor out of all the emails that are in your inbox, I want you to say yes to this story idea. And I think a big part of that is, well, what is your particular take on it? Is there any expertise that you can bring in? Is it that you're noticing a trend that no one has written about yet? Is it that you went through this specific life experience or maybe you even studied this subject before and you have a lot of that knowledge in your back pocket? Any of those things I think are really important and are a way to get an editor's attention because they are constantly being bombarded with emails all day long. So it is really hard to 
stand out, but hopefully making everything concise, but really strong will I think give you a leg up at the end of the day. And what do you say to the person who wants to begin their writing career, but just kind of doubting their capabilities or wondering if this is even a good time? I think you just have to go for it, to be honest. I mean, if you are nervous about it, again, to me, it comes back to community. So what friends do you know that can read your things and give you honest feedback? Or maybe you need to look around social and see if there are some writing workshops you can take or some, you know, Zoom workshops. There's a lot of those nowadays and connect with those people, really start to follow those people on social media, sign up for their newsletters, et cetera, so that you feel like you're you're a part of this community and slowly start to share your work that way. I think that's one of the ways to get started for sure. Otherwise, you know, I think in this time, it might feel weird to create art, but at the same time, what are we all doing at home? You know, we're watching movies, we're reading books, we're looking for recipes, we're looking for ways to make things a little bit more bearable every day. And I think that writing is definitely a big part of that. Have you had to pivot your plans during the pandemic? And in in what way so? I've been working from home since March. And, you know, thankfully with writing, it is something that I can do easily at home. I've had to pivot my plans in terms of, I was used to going to museums and galleries. I was also used to writing at cafes and I really, really miss cafes. It's pretty weird (laughs) to have your home space. I know. It's just so strange to have home be the place where you rest and you work and you're creative and you grieve and you, you know, you do all these things here. And uh, I miss cafes. I miss the sound of the coffee machines, of the people around. And honestly, I'm one of those people where I used to go to cafes or to the library because then I saw other people around me on their computers. Mm -hmm. And so that made me feel like, okay, I have to actually do what I'm doing. Whereas at home, yeah, at home, you're just like, I'll watch Netflix. Who will do anything to me? It's fine. (laughs) So that's definitely been a pivot. But I think getting creative, I was... Uh, thankfully able to find a cafe nearby that has outdoor seating so I just grabbed my coffee to go and I sat outside and there was no one else sitting in the tables near me and that was the closest that I could find so I did that and it was great to at least get a change of scenery. What do you want people to know about the woman behind the hustle? I want people to know that it's important to tell your own story. I have found in interviewing artists, authors, what have you, creatives, that the way that they do things and the way that they approach their own creativity has always been inspiring to me. And it's always helped me think about my own work and, or maybe just get through a tough day. You know, I think that's really the beauty of it is you never know who you're going to be able to touch. So I'm really here to encourage other people to share what they love doing, to share their stories. And I'm just here trying to do a little bit of the same. Tell me a little bit about what you have coming up next and what you're working on. Well, I'm currently focusing a lot on this memoir and essays. As I mentioned, it's about being a first-generation college student, first-generation Latina woman, and thinking a lot about the pressures that go into that. And just education in general, the things that we think 
and we assume about education and where they're going to take us. And then also for me realizing, oh, I actually want to go into a creative field. How do I sort of negotiate that with this dream of being a first generation college kid? And so I'm working a lot on that. The newsletter goes out once a month. It's called Notes from Eva. And I'm curating opportunities and talking to creatives there. So you can always get that in your inbox if you're interested. How do people sign up for the newsletter? You can sign up through my Instagram or my website. All right. And this part of the show, call it the real deal behind the hustle, where we take a deeper look at who the woman is behind the hustle. Ready? Ready. What is a quote, verse, or a mantra that keeps you encouraged? I'm going to repeat something that I repeated earlier, which is the worst they can say is no. So I think keeping that in mind too, just to say everything's really subjective. So if somebody doesn't love your work and you get rejected, the worst they said was no. You know, hopefully they're nice about it and not rude about it. But that means that you still have that piece and that piece can find a home anywhere. So I say, just go for it. What's a tool or app that helps you manage your life or work that you couldn't live without? So I did that thing where I forgot to cancel a trial of the 10% app. So they charged me for the entire year. (laughs) But it was a weird blessing in disguise because it wasn't cheap to be honest. So I'm sure there's other alternatives, but The 10% app actually has a bunch of meditations separated by categories. And I started using the sleep category and it has helped me a ton. Like they're specifically to help you fall asleep Mm -hmm. and just let everything go from the day. So that has been a big one. And recently I started playing Neko Atsume, which is the cat collecting game. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. (laughs) It's a mobile game where you just quote unquote buy food and toys for these cats and then you collect them and then they hang out in your goodies is what they call them <laughs> and then you just check on them throughout the day it reminds me of that and that's game. it so i i think what was it called it was like a little hand old game we had um, oh like time i got yeah and stuff. something like that I yeah me of that a little it's totally similar but the thing the trick is i click on that whenever i am trying not to go into instagram or my emails mm-hmm. after hours so I just tap in there and check on my virtual cat. That's a good distraction from getting on Instagram <laughs> and emails for sure. What book should every girl behind the hustle read? Oh, such a hard question because I have a ton of recommendations. But I'm thinking a lot in terms of stories. One of my favorite books that I've been studying a lot is called In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado it's a memoir but it's actually themed with fairy tale tropes so she ends up tying a lot of her story into these kind of like rules or forbidden things that we're used to from fairy tales and it's just it's done so well and I think it's super interesting so I highly recommend reading that I also just finished reading Wandering in Strange Lands by Morgan Jerkin. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend. It's all about her tracing the lineage of the migration of her family. So tying in a lot of research with her own story as well. And I also want to give a shout out to this book called Your Art Will Save Your Life by Beth Pickens. 
it is so good. It's really short. It's all about encouraging you to keep creating. And it actually came out, I believe, during the last election. So it's weirdly timed well if you would pick it up and read it right now, too. Okay, great. What's your go-to song before a meeting or to kick off your day? So I actually just started listening to Arlo Parks recently. And there's a song called Hurt, which I realize is kind of sad, but there's this line in it where it's like you won't hurt so much forever and I like to keep that in mind because of the times that we're going through I think it feels like we don't really see the end of it and so and everyone's you know life is going on everyone's still going through the usual things the usual up and downs and I just like to play that in the morning sometimes to remind myself that you know there will be a better day soon so to speak And what does self-care look like for you right now? For me right now, it's setting aside some time without interruptions to just not worry about being productive. Just watching Netflix, maybe going to an outdoor space, again, safely. But there's a park nearby that's a good size and normally not too full. And I just take a blanket out there, put some snacks, and I just read and I don't look at the time I don't worry about how long have I been here I don't worry about do I need to check my email I think even just that just giving yourself space to just be and to do to do what you love doing is important and fill in the blank my name is and one truth about the hustle is my name is Eva and the hustle is so is ever evolving. Thank you so much, Eva, for sharing your story and truth behind the hustle. Please let our listeners know how they connect with you. Of course. So you can find me on Instagram at Eva's writing on Twitter, Eva underscore Racinos. And my website is evaracinos.com. So I hope we can connect. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed hearing our guest story. If there's something that you connected with or had one of those aha moments do me a favor go on apple rate and review the podcast and share it with someone else you know you know already who needs to hear this story today share it with them until we meet again hustle and grace